Welcome everybody to The Honest Entrepreneur, a business podcast about how to become a successful and honest entrepreneur. My name is Lance Letelier and I'm joined today by my co-host Meezy. How y'all doing today? <laughs> and our special guest, John Costo, owner of Action Fitness. How are we doing today, John? Hey, good man. Thanks for having us. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, we'll get right into it. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the episode today uh, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we've known each other uh, quite a while, going back to college, but... Uh, more recently, uh, we kind of got back in touch when you approached me about actually at one time selling your business, yep. and uh, obviously things have turned around, which is great. Uh, but um, I'm excited today for a variety of reasons. One, um, you have an awesome story as an entrepreneur, which I'm excited to get into on the episode today. And uh, I also just, you as an entrepreneur, I like your style um, and the way that you approach things with your business and other entrepreneurs. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to, uh, to get into all that. But before we do, for those that don't know about Action Fitness, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, what, what makes you guys different? Yeah, so we are a small group training studio in Fairfax, Virginia. And when someone asks, you know, what do you, what do you guys do, or what are you, what's, what's your gym like? I always say it's like CrossFit without the Olympic lifting, right? Very community centric, very self improvement driven. You know, when it comes to nutrition, no gimmicky fads or anything like that. And and generally, what what people, uh, you may be asking me this question a little bit because you gave me a heads up, but uh, what separates us or makes us different, or something that maybe our own clients aren't even conscious of. Is, is that I look at us more of a self-improvement center than just like a, a gym or a weight loss center. And the reason why is because I believe if you help someone become a better version of themselves, their selves, themselves, they will then change their behavior as a result, right? And you change your behavior, then it's a lot easier to stick with a, a new lifestyle or a diet plan. So that self-improvement is, is kind of the premise of, of everything that we do, we practice, that we preach. That's awesome. Again, like I said, just a very cool, uh, unique approach as an entrepreneur. Um, so how, now how long have you been running Action Fitness? Technically, I started the business, the programs, the coaching in 2011. We actually opened up our own uh, first location in 2013, so it's been six years. Beautiful. So, and, and that's, I think, the, the best place to jump in just because, again, like I had said before, you have a, a very cool story as an entrepreneur uh, that I think a lot of people could benefit from hearing. So, walk, take, take me back to, all right, I'm, I'm going to go start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> take me back to, I'm going to go start, uh, I think it was a boot camp to begin with, right? It was a boot camp. And, uh, and, what you know? What transpired from there? Because I know you have gone through some ups and downs, um, and come on, on top. But I think that's I think that's where we really get into some interesting stuff. So, tell me tell me about the boot camp and how that got going originally. So the the small the quick backstory on it. Uh, I was just graduating. I was a semester behind because I, I took my time in college, and uh, hmm. I watched <laughs> one. <laughs> you get what I mean. Yeah. And I watched. We all know what friends. that means. We, we all know what that means. <laughs> I watched one of my friends go start his own business. I don't know. You, you might remember him. One of our friends from George Mason, uh, Danny Margubis. Doesn't ring a bell, but you should get him on the show. He, uh, all right. he has three locations now, Mountain Kim Martial Arts. His stepfather has like 11 around here, but he started three on his own down in Fredericksburg. Very cool. But uh, I saw him having all this fun, running his own business, not thinking about all the hard work behind it, but just you know all the stuff he put on social media. And I was like, man, I want to do something like that. And I thought about it, and I didn't do anything. And then I took, I took the first job out of school, which was selling insurance. I was a trainer back in college, but 
I was like, okay, I got to get a real job. You know, there's no way I could turn this into a career. So I took a job selling insurance. I was miserable every single day I woke up. I couldn't wait to get home, just get out of the office and just not think about it. And, and it just, I felt very empty. You know, it was just a couple months, but I w- it was terrible experience. I would put on no one unless they actually wanted to do it. And in the meantime, I was starting to plan my, my exit, if you'll call it that. So I, I picked up a book called, uh, I believe it was, I want to say it was called Effortless Entrepreneur. It, the, the guys were actually local. So I sounds, if, like, sounds like a, a sham. It's, <laughs> I want to I know how that works. No effort required. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, I'm no getting effort. the title wrong. I'm getting the title wrong, I think. But, sounds like seven-minute abs. I don't, uh, no, 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 <laughs> I don't no, no, think no. that's going to work. So you'll know the name, College Hunks Hauling Junk. Okay, yep. So those guys are actually local. They went to like Chantilly High School or something. I can't remember where, but one of the biggest fran- junk removal franchises mm-hmm. in the country. I picked up their book and, and I read it and that kind of really lit the fire and I started planning, hey, I'm just going to go do this thing. I'm, I hate every day waking up. I want something that actually pushes me and, and gives me something I, I care about, you know? So one day, I, I remember uh, I was waiting for my, my boss to get there, right? My office is in the basement. I'm sitting in my office pretending to work. It's like 9.30. I'm like, what the hell is he? Like, can I cuss on the show? Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there waiting at 9.45. I'm just like sweating. I'm stressed out. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go talk to this guy. Tell him I'm going to quit. 10.37, he rolls in. Sits down. I hear him. He's right above me. Walk upstairs. Walking upstairs, sweating bullets. I go in. He's facing away from me at his, at his desk. And I'm like, hey, Pat. He's like, yeah. And he gives me one of those like over the shoulders. He's a nice guy, really nice guy. He's not a bad dude. And I was like, hey, this isn't for me, man. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no plan. No bit. Like I, I yeah, it was. Hey, this isn't like, for hey, me. Hey, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Did you give him two weeks? No, I said. I just, oh, it was commission based. I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, it was yeah. like a base salary commission. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. My paycheck stopped, so I mean, I don't, I don't know if you needed two weeks for that, but um, yeah, and I just kind of went on my own. I picked up, I reached out to all my old clients that mm-hmm. I had at the gym before, back in college, and uh, from that point, I just started reading how to sell a market, okay. and I failed miserably for a really long time until I... Well, you, so you ran, now, when you say you started this, I mean, you started like a boot, like an outdoor boot camp. Not even yet. I was going home, in-home training. Oh, it was just in-home training. Okay. After that, after, like I was making, I was charging as probably as much as I could for, for my time to go in-home and uh, it was good money for having zero expenses and just a car, you know? Um, and then I set up boot camps at Fairfax County Public School. So I, I created a list, an Excel list, of every single school within basically like a 15 mile radius. And I called every single school, found the contact at each school that I need to talk to. It was just like a daily process. I'd wake up, school would open, I'd start my calls. And I'd cold call. What gave you the idea to go call schools and not like? Great question, I forgot that part. So I was at a local business networking event. This is one of my first attempts to- Branch out, network. Talk about my business, right? So. I connected with a guy that actually owns a salon in the shopping center I lease in now, which was kind of funny to think about. And he said, hey man, if you're trying to find clients, go go reach out, to, you need to reach the parents of the kids, right? That's gonna be the best place to start, start with the schools. So when I started calling the schools, trying to get in touch with the PTAs, I actually kept having, getting diverted to the PE teacher. They, they interpreted what I was trying to do was for the teachers. So I was like, 
yeah, it's for the teachers. It's exactly what I want to do. So I got my first opportunity to run a boot camp at one of the schools, and it was a hit, right? Like so this is four teachers. Four teachers at the school. Mm. That the school was paying you to the school come in? School didn't pay me. It was, it, I was selling direct to the teachers. Oh, but they allowed you to use their space at least? At a penny of a cost. Like nice. It was like, if you did the math, it was probably like five bucks an hour to rent the gym, which is insane. That you is know? insane. Well, it's funny. It goes in line with what uh, kind of a, a common thread that we've found up to this point in the show is that, you know, entrepreneurs that have gotten started, you find a way yeah. in the, to, to find these weird little, you know, situations that allow you to start your business at little to no cost. Uh, versus, you know, you know, everybody thinks, oh, I got to go out and I got to buy a studio right out of the gate. It's like, nah, man, find a way to do it another way that you can give up your time. But anyway, okay. So it's proving the concept too. Yeah. So, so you're in, you were able to rent the space very inexpensively and then, and then train teachers. Right. And I set up programs at about five schools I was going to myself. So I'm, you're going after school, right? So basically you catch the high schools, which dismiss around two o'clock or so. And then I'd get a, a elementary school. So I'd actually in rush hour, go from high school, then get in my car, 3.35 PM, book it over to the 4.30 school. And I'm done at 5.30. I'm Pretty sure that was a lot of fun. I hated it after <laughs> after the first year. I mean, it, you I was, hate it, but it's for your business. It's a dude, totally different hate, 100%. right? Totally different hate I had, than the insurance. I was making three hundred bucks for like three hours of work as a as a trainer. You know, right. it was unheard of for especially this is going back almost ten years. You know, yeah. So I did that for about two years, and I was like, man, this this is great, but it's limited because I can't help anyone outside of the school system. So I need something else, right? So I, I, I was like, okay, I got to find a location. Then my brain just started thinking gyms. The county wanted to take like 60%. Like it was just all these ridiculous deals. There was in Fairfax, all the real estate's eaten up. I'd have to go out to Chantilly or somewhere further on the outskirts, probably a little less, you know, strong of a demographic to reach, right? Less money for sure. Um, so what I ended up doing was I started going to the churches. I don't even remember where I got this idea from. But someone's like, hey, I bet the churches would lease to you. So I reached out to probably, once again, made my list, called them every day, emailed. And I, was I like, love that so much, by the way. <laughs> I, and it's a common theme with you too. I know it. I, it like, just like getting the, all the information together and just cranking just grind it out. It out just man. do the work, man. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So you got a list of churches together. So, yeah, I'm talking to all these like priests and stuff, trying to figure out who's going to give me permission. To, <laughs> are, you, are you getting converted at the no, same time? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. They were pretty cool. So, um, so one small church across from Paul the Sixth High School in Fairfax, if if you know where that is, right mm-hmm. in the center of Fairfax, it, they gave me an opportunity, and they're like, we agreed on some rate, like I think it was like ten bucks an hour, but I I booked out like a full schedule of time so i mean my my rent was maybe 500 bucks at this point but i was committed i was i had to i had to produce something for the first two months no one came that was not fun because i was still paying the bill they were they were releasing me the uh the little side story i don't know we have time to dive in man so a little side story is that it was a very small church they had one kitchen slash common area it was like a multi-purpose room literally the kitchen was half of it right so that's why I stored my equipment. That's why I ran my classes. One wetter permitted and one Alcoholics Anonymous wasn't going on. When alcoholic, not Alcoholics Anonymous was going on, we were outside in the parking lot, but guess who's driving through trying to park to go to Alcoholics Anonymous? 
all the attendees. So I would have to pause the class. <laughs> These people will come. Hopefully they didn't relapse that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we were literally like 25% of the time we were dodging cars. It's part so, of the workout. This sounds like exactly. some kind of dodgeball. Well, man, if you can I, dodge a car, you can get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. But but I was still running the schools at, during those peak hours. At this point, we had maybe ten classes spread throughout the county. I was paying. I was giving a piece to trainers to go fulfill the classes. I was doing a few myself. But I was really trying to make the the thing happen at the school or at the so church. You started hiring trainers at that point, right? Okay, so you had yeah. So what I, what I found next was how the heck do I, like the school was easy. I, I would just push, the, I push my relationship with the teacher or the contact to get more people to come and help me do email blasts and things like that. But getting clients fresh and getting them to, you're gonna love this part of the story, getting them to come to this old parking lot church, sometimes yeah, indoors yeah, workout, yeah. even if it's raining, it does, you know, this yeah. is a mess, right? I tried Groupon, I, I actually, uh, that failed. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> you'll get bodies, but that's about it. Um, and then what I started doing, my, my martial arts friend, to, to reference back, I was calling him like every day, like, dude, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He's like, oh, you know those ground signs you put everywhere? I've told you about this. <laughs> yes. So I see so he's like, dude, if you just put up ground signs everywhere, I can promise you people are going to blow you up. And this is 2011. So 12. Okay. Yeah, 2012 going into 2013. So it was still like a thing, you know, I and mean, people still use it. I, yeah. I wouldn't today, but, uh, yeah. So, so we're talking about like the signs. We're talking about this, buy your house. Yes. Yeah. We're talking about the ground signs oh, yes. on the corner of the street, which Ooh. I look, I mean, I, ha I know you can have success from it and I, I think you do, but I, I did hear one, a buddy of mine who owns a gym. He goes, you know, at the point where someone's putting out ground signs, they're about to go out of business. <laughs> I was just trying to start a business. But, but when, you, when you're starting a business, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if the same law applies. It there. What do the signs say? 30-day free trial woman's boot camp. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So See, I, I, I think it you know, I didn't gets have time the word to take out. All, yeah, I didn't have time to take all the calls because right? I actually had people starting to show up because the Groupons were, were getting bodies right, to show right. up, right? But uh, so I so I hired like a, a Pat Live like a like a live answering service. You give them a script, and they've got a team of people that answer phones and read your script and book people for you. So I, I hired the service like 150 bucks a month to take all my calls. I got a new 1-800 number or whatever it was, and it, yeah, it worked. They were they were booking my calendar. Here's the thing though, I kept having people come to the workout, but then people will come and then they would like they had this 30 day free trial. And I was like, why aren't these people just signing up? Aren't they just, what's wrong with them? You know, it's a great workout. Don't they see the value? Don't they see the value? Uh, my friend, I'm like, dude, I've got, I've had like 50 people come. No one's signed up. No one's committed. I've got all these people coming for free workouts. I'm right. paying rent. This sucks. I'm not all this money. I'm broke, right? He's like, dude, you got to sell them. I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I want it to sell itself, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so he's like, well, you got to figure it out. So I tried to sell them in the old cafeteria after class did not work. It was absolutely terrible. No one would commit to anything. Looking back, I could, I could probably pull it off now, but I would never do that again. And I was like, wait. But they showed up because they were showing up. They were showing up they for just the workouts. Went, yeah. But you got to give people reason to stay sure, and course. sit down absolutely. and talk about money, right. Right? Yeah. which they don't want to do. So I was like, man, I got to figure something out. I got to meet with them somewhere else. So he's like, dude, you live in Fairfax Corner. 
you've been to Fairfax Corner. It's it's kind of like a shopping center combo apartment complex, and it looks really nice. It's kind of cheap actually, but it looks really nice on the exterior. Like, like kind of like it bougie. presents well. Yeah. So I was like, man, I got this. The leasing office was part of the shopping center, so it almost looked like a storefront, right? And then as you go in the leasing office, you could clearly see this beautiful gym downstairs. Not big enough to run classes, but like it was like a nice apartment complex gym. So I was like, man, what if I just met with people here? <laughs> so Did people think they were going to work out in that gym? <laughs> so here's what I did. <laughs> I, told, I called my service. I was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. You're not going to start booking people for workouts. You're going to book them for my calendar, times I give you new address, new location, specific instructions, and where to find me. So I started meeting with people at Camden Fairfax, about a mile and a half down the road in this beautiful apartment complex gym. We do a short workout. I go through a sales process, and I pitch them on a membership. I say, okay, cool. So here's where classes are going to be held. Give them all the information. And it, it was funny looking back for sure. But I mean, they had that relationship with me. So it wasn't super weird that they were showing up to this parking lot. Cause I told them, I was like, Hey, here's what you're signing up for. I'm going to be opening a gym. So I actually planted the seed in their minds that we're going to be moving into a physical space. And, and we did I, nine months later, you know, six months Smart later. To, hey, you gotta, if you tell people that it's going to happen at least they, they'll tolerate whatever you're giving them exactly. for a while or, or, you know, can that's cool. That's smart. So you met with them in a nicer spot. <laughs> And then they would go meet in the parking lot, but that did that did what it needed it to do, right? It worked. I think that's I think that's important to you have to think about the optics of how things you know how you present, right? The first time you meet someone, yeah. you know, there is definitely something to be said for those first impressions, and just showing up in uh, a parking lot and then <laughs> meeting in the cafeteria is probably not the best sales. Well, place. when they were meeting, when you were meeting them in the parking lot, you were it was like I'm, I'm assuming a large set of people, right? Not at first, because there was like no well, one there. But, but it was it wasn't an uncomfortable environment. Like it's fair facts. It it's make, right I mean, it makes it makes sense now to like what you ba- essentially did is you funneled it so that you have to meet every single person one on one. Correct. Or then they go to like the trial, right? So you've already you have that first like impression where they know you, and then they, well, you put in a sales it. process. Exactly. I mean, that is part of the sales process. Is where are you meeting? How is that consultation going down? Whatever, whatever your sales process is, you got to have something that's like, all right, I'm going to take everybody through this exactly, and, and present, you want to present well at that point, right? You right. can't come in, can't come in flat or else they're going to be like, uh. So during, during this entire time, um, you're on Groupon and you're putting signs up in the middle of the street and you're broke. I love the hustle. You haven't, you, I love like, it. you just didn't stop there and be like, all right, let me just go back to this insurance job. Um, oh, dude, there were days I wanted to quit for sure. I, I remember it was my 23rd or 24th birthday. So I started this thing like with the church. I, I, signed, I signed the agreement with them maybe like December or January. And I was this is before I really nailed down the sales process, started enrolling people. And I remember I was calling all these leads, trying to get them to show up and, and come for class. And it was my birthday. And it was like raining and it was cold. It was, it was in mid-March, March 17th, right? It's like, man, what the hell am I doing? What if, why don't I just go get a job? Like, this is freaking miserable. This is how I'm spending my birthday is calling a bunch of people that don't want to talk to me, right? And that was, that was like a defining moment. And then something just, I just kept doing it. I just grinded it out, you know? It was it like the, the hate for that nine to five just kept you like, 
Because, I mean, you have to really hate being stuck in a office doing something you hate in order to, like, get through those kind of days, right? I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, if you put them into, like, if you, especially now, if you want to success, if you put them into a, it's like a rat instead of a little boss. <laughs> there is no way you can physically sit. I can't, personally. I can't sit in an office that's, you know, I can sit in front of a desk, in front of a computer, but like imagine, Lance, imagine going to someone else's business and sitting there for nine hours and doing things <laughs> that they're telling you to do that you know are wrong. Oh no, you'd never be able to do and that. It, yeah, like well, it's well, not I think, even. I think that's, I mean, I think that's the kind of the essence, right? Even if you're, even if you're grinding as an entrepreneur and it's miserable and whatever, at the end of the day though, you're still building something for you, right? And you also too, you're in a uh, very cool industry, obviously the same industry I started in, uh, where you get to change people's lives. So there is that aspect it's that is super rewarding. Um, you know, not to say that there's not that if you're selling insurance, obviously you're offering protection. And I think, um, you know, I'm big on why right now of, you know, why you're doing things. And I think you can find a why for pretty much any industry. Um, but there's, it's very obvious and clear when you're working with people and changing, you know, improving their lives and making them feel better. Um, that that's super rewarding. But, um, so getting, getting back to where you're at, cause we haven't even gotten into the fun part yet. <laughs> so, there's all right. More? Oh, there's way more. It gets juicy. All right. So now we fast forward nine months. You've been running this out of the parking lot of the church, right? And now you go to open your own spot. Right. So walk me through how that process went. Well, I was on a short timeline because this was this is all in like the same nine months. Right. From the time I started with the church to actually opening the space same year. And it was June ish, July. I was looking every day, looking at properties and I just couldn't find anything that made sense financially or location wise. I knew if I found something that was really inexpensive, I could lose all the customers. I've worked put my ass in the, you know, get it in the first place, right? So it was, just wouldn't make sense. So okay, I gotta find somewhere close. And I, I remember once again, one of those moments, I was about to give up. I was like, man, I'm just gonna let this thing go. Cause you know, you can't run an outdoor boot camp in Northern Virginia, anywhere within a radius of DC in the winter. It's just not gonna work, right? It's gonna be a nightmare, you know? So I called my buddy, I was like, dude, I'm my martial arts friend again, shout out to Danny. And uh, I was like, dude, I, I just can't find anything. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna come pick you up. Picks me up. We're driving around just random shopping centers. He's like, he's just he's just like a no excuses kind of guy. I love mm -hmm. the dude. And as he's we go to one, and I was like, uh, eh, probably won't work because of this it's not big enough. I was I was almost finding reasons for it not to, exactly. And and then we actually came to the shopping center that I'm at now. And he's like, we drive around the back. He's like, oh, I didn't even know anything was back here. And then we see one for lease, big sign. I was like, yeah, it's a good location. It's like half a mile away from where the, the church was. There's nothing else around there. Fairfax is locked up. And he's like, I was like, yeah, but it may not work because of this. I don't know if all these things started to come up. He's like, dude, just call a number. Get the ball rolling. Yep. So I, I was like, fine, I'll call. Called it, left a voicemail. Next day, the guy calls me back. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's basically the short version of it. All right, so you sign the lease, open up. Yeah. Well, got my permit, and then won my lease initiated. So I, I think I got, I think I got free rent, 
free rent or half rent can't remember I, I got a really crappy deal don't make mistakes in real estate like i did please Talk and to someone beforehand yes, yes definitely worth it yes those so, are those lessons you learn why well, right? nothing i had no assets almost no cash get this the, oh you'll like this the leasing agent said how much cash do you have when i actually met with him and looked at the property he's like i was like oh, i maybe got like 15 grand saved up he's like tell you what make your bank account show 50 we get this deal done <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> make your <It> means <laughs> my interpretation was call people that i knew in my life that trust me and say can i borrow anywhere from 35 right, and, and deposit it and to then. produce a bank statement and I'll, you can have a check the same day. It's all yours. That's amazing. <laughs> so, wow. so in some, in some sense. you did? Yeah. So in some sense, I falsified my bank account. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, no, you didn't falsify it, but you, theoretically, don't you have to pay taxes on that? No. Uh, mm. No, not in that case. Shareholders but. loan, no. And yeah. it was my personal account, too. So I just yeah. dropped money in. Right. We put it extracted That's it. That's hilarious. So I produced you, the bank you slip. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he nudged you that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, show you, I like you a lot. <laughs> Go to this really okay. shady thing. So I can get paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, that's fine. That's fine. It's hard. I mean, when you're first starting off signing yeah. a lease, you know, it's like- They the, laugh it, at you. It, the, I would say getting your first lease is the equivalent of like getting your first job, right? It's like you need experience to get a job. But you, can, you need a job to get experience. Like right. getting your first lease, you like need to have had a lease to get a lease. In order yeah. to, but you it's need a lease in order to show you've had a lease. Um, sure. Dude, that's exactly what it is. It's like, you know, landlords don't want to rent to, you know, where I'm sure business broke trainers. Oh, yeah, broke <laughs> trainers. That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure that's high on their prior list of priorities. Uh, okay, so you get in, you get it signed after uh, showing fifty thousand dollars yep, on showing your, on your statement, and and you open up. So everybody moves over. Well, we opened up kind of. The lease technically started. I believe I was paying at this point. I, I don't remember. We got free. It was it should have been half rent. And then I went to get my permit after I signed the lease. Okay. And they're like, oh, you need a second HVAC unit. I was like, oh, how much is that? About $15,000. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, uh, I, I got my hands. Of course, it's AJ Dwoskin, one of the larger commercial real estate in Northern Virginia, right? So they don't give a shit. That's my problem, not theirs. Yep. They knew it. They, they knew what, they, what I was getting into. They just didn't care. So... <laughs> Luckily, get this, luckily there was a prior second unit that was deactivated and it was out of use and it was non-functional, right? So I went to the county, I said, hey, look, here's where I'm at. I don't have the money to get a new one. Landlord's not gonna help me. What do I need to do? They're like, show that, uh, do these specific repairs to that second unit that you'll never use to show it working to a specific condition. So I got away with maybe showing out like five grand to get this second unit that I've still never used up to a certain Which is standard. still a big hit when you have 15 grand oh, in your yeah. account, man. <laughs> those, it's those, those gut checks that are like, oh, man. Yeah. So then after that, we were good. We opened up and, uh, you know, it, I wish this, I'd like to say it's every, every new business is exciting, especially when you got a group of customers that have been excited and ready for it. Right. And then I just grinded for probably two years and just grew it organically. I didn't know how to advertise. I was afraid of advertising, you know. Try the ground signs again. 
didn't work quite as well. It was 2013, going on 14 now, you know. The internet had started to take over. Yeah. So, so what year was it when you got when you got slammed? Like when things shit hit the fan? Yeah, when shit hit the fan. Let's go into that. Things caught up to me. I learned a new sales process, and I, I tripled down on this. And I neglected other parts of the business I should have been focused on. Just overall customer, you know, just, just managing your customers. I, I was selling $1,500 personal training packages. So it was like a 12-week <coughs> program. They get a bunch of personal training. They get access to the group classes. And I just kept, you know, one after another just enrolling people. Right, and we were growing and growing and growing, and then I, I was like, "Oh, I made it! I'm good!" You know, I'm like 26 years old, 20 maybe 27. Started and paying out some big salaries. Yeah, just doing dumb things. I like my trainer, really good guy. We had a fallout after this, but uh, you know, I bumped up the salary. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a reason not to leave. Just teach all the classes." Here's Fix your, it with money. You get five grand a month. You're good to go, man. Don't even think about anything, you know. And which for a trainer, that's guaranteed five k every month. So I'm like, you know, what trainer wouldn't say sign me up for the most part, right? So one of my biz, biggest success stories started becoming very resentful because I was just kind of checking out a little bit, trying to let the thing run itself. I'd step in, sign people up. I wasn't hands on with the clients like I was before, but I didn't set it up to to run without me. So she decided to open up her own gym with my customers. Oh, yeah. Yikes. So she repeated the formula with my customer base in Fairfax Station somewhere. I don't know and, where. And, and in a way, they're her customer base because she's the one in front of them every day, right? She thought that. Yeah, okay, yeah. got it. All right. No, I mean, if you're, well, if you're not there, yeah, you get, if, you, if you walk away and it's, and it's not established, you'll get that because there's not the structure right. around it. So, you know, they, they can very much feel like there's an attachment to that. They're doing all person. the work, but they're not getting the paycheck. Exactly. Right. And it, I think you have to, unless someone teaches you that, I like to learn things the hard way, for better or worse. <laughs> Amen. Um, you, <laughs> you need to learn that once, once you're done serving your customers and then you take on a team it's you're, you're now employed to serve your your team right like the roles flip you actually work almost harder sometimes for less money just depending on where you're at and I, that's the biggest i thought it would just work you know i i thought it was that simple and i figured out level one it's like a little video game you know you're just moving up in levels All right and that's that was one of the hardest lessons i've had to learn and in the the interesting thing was we had about 130, 140 members in a, either just classes or personal training classes. And she, she put in that notice that she was going on to create a non-competitive business. By the way, sign non-competes with everyone you hire. If you don't, please do, because I didn't. And uh, Still wouldn't have stopped her, but that's Oh, yeah, action. for sure. Um, that was in August. I had most of my contracts... Uh, 12 months, six month agreements that would fulfill anywhere from November till February. I think mentally and emotionally, one of the hardest times of my life was showing up to my business every day for about three months after she had left and being in an environment that was toxic with my customers that didn't like me and having to teach them. Oh, that's brutal. Knowing they were just whispering behind my back, and it was ugly, man. It was really freaking hard. 
because they they didn't cancel the contract. I almost wish they all just canceled the contracts. It probably would have been better for everyone. But they they stuck to their agreement probably because they got some payoff from it, you know, sticking it to me, right? So, yeah, that was miserable. And and you, I mean, because you like like half your business walked out of the door one day, right? Within three months, I lost about. <sighs> 50% of my customer base. Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. Um, so, God, we touched on so many things, but uh, so you, what did, what did you do then to kind of recover this? I know you're, so you, you, come, you come back into your business and there's so many good lessons to learn here, but um, you come back into your business now, you kind of had stepped away, but before it was kind of ready, right? And then, Half your business falls in now, so now you get kind of sucked back in. So what was that was kind of where you, I would say, started, not started, but really kind of honed in on your own process and and like transformed yourself. I would say, right? I was I'd started to do more self work, leading actually leading up to that before the the peak of the explosion. Yeah, actually, I remember I went to Tony Robbins, which was actually a really cool experience. Um, but I, I just kind of – it just made me look at everything about myself because I, I was the reason why all these things happen. You know, these that's usually it, right? It's rarely is it your the people around you. It's how they respond to you. Mm-hmm. So it was just me running everything for the most and, part. And, and again, it didn't also too on top of that, hadn't you gone massively into debt at one point to keep the business open too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I forgot about that. That was like a whirlwind. Yeah, I just remember I talked to you like leading very, up to this. I talked to you I talked very to you right shortly after this. Like it was maybe six, three, three months after yep. that had happened, and I just could tell it was like you were, you had come out of it, but you were like I could tell it had been a slog. Probably like you were just that. like I I'm out of it, but I don't know if I want to be like I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, so so you had gone into debt during that time. Probably the six months prior, just to keep things going, I was just fronting things on my my credit cards, paying too high salaries and and just making all the all of the mistakes. Interesting. The the, mis- the oh, what actually triggered her most likely to leave and start her own business wasn't just how I was showing up, but it was actually because the guy I had on salary for five grand a month, regardless of how much work he did, great dude, nothing wrong with him get me very clear on that he broke his ankle <clears throat> playing soccer on su- on a sunday on his own which he has every right to do right this is back in april that all the crap happened in august to december i didn't know how what to do how can i continue paying this guy when i'm doing all the work did you keep paying him i i cut his salary in half and then i was like dude i mean I, oh and then that caused a problem and then I and then I took him off payroll. I had to. He yeah, yeah, work. you would have to. And you then know? that caused like oh, you don't care and all that yep. kind of stuff. I was a terrible human being. Oh man, that's rough. And you don't have a choice. You can't pay the bills otherwise. His main job was to teach classes. He couldn't demonstrate a squat, let alone. Oh, that's so brutal. Oh, that's so brutal. How so? How far down the hole did you go? How how much did you rack up on your credit cards? Oh, probably like thirty grand, <laughs> dude. I just want I, I I don't I mean the obviously you're through it now so you can you can talk about it but I think it's so important like you know when you talk about what are the challenges that you're gonna face as an entrepreneur uh, being thirty grand in debt on your credit cards uh, having half of your business walk out on you and then having to come back in and pick up the pieces 
Like that is, that is brutal. But you know where I think a lot of people would have folded in that situation. You just came in and it was like, I got to do what I got to do. And again, it's that attitude. So I'm wondering like, we're there the same way you made lists, right? To go find the schools or to find the churches. Was there then a process you started to implement with your business when you came back in? Well, the biggest thing I needed was just customers coming in. So I actually went, doubled down on the personal training side of things, which is going to bring in more revenue, right? Um, and that was my sole focus. I kind of punted the classes to the side. I was doing all the work anyway, so I you know, might as well maximize my, my time there. Went right? back to what you knew. Right. So we, do, we went very personal training heavy, and uh, I just started bringing back on team members very slowly. But for about a year, it was just me running everything. You know? That's awesome. And so, all right, so there, there were, again, there were a lot of uh, things that we had touched on there. So... First things first, lessons to, to be takeaways from that, right? Um, I think uh, one of the things you talked about was having the non-compete, which I actually don't believe in non-competes at all, believe it or not. A, I don't think, unless you're like dealing with like sensitive information, um, my thought process is always, I work to make sure that my staff don't have a reason to leave. And if you really want to leave that bad, then I failed somewhere and you should leave, right? Yep. The ownership. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... Have you have you changed that thought process now? Well, listen, if someone's going to go and do their own thing, I did screw up somewhere, or they just outgrew it, and that, that happens. I mean, like, I shouldn't hold someone back from growing more. I, I wouldn't – I want to give them reasons not to just look at my customer base to start. I mean – Now you give them an opportunity to grow with you, though. I'd rather, right? I'd rather have a better com- – a, a positive conversation around it. Like, like, constantly, I'm not so much – it's not so much I, I don't focus on our customers, but I'm not thinking of our customers first. I'm thinking of how are how's my staff doing? How are they are they meeting their personal needs? Because if they're not, then that's gonna that actually stresses me out. When someone's like not in a good financial place themselves and they work for me, or I don't I don't even like to say that. I work on our team, right? That actually bothers me. Probably more than it bothers them a lot of times. Because most people, especially in the fitness industry, aren't money motivated quite like a business owner, you know? Right. So, so important. And, and which brought me to the other thing that you said that was, I feel like needs to be harped on like about a thousand times to every entrepreneur was that when you are a business owner, you work for your staff, they don't work for you. Yes, right. 100%. And making, making that shift in your head. I, I can't tell you how many times you hear like, I, I consider them like horror stories when it's like the, the boss comes in and is like, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. Or, or uh, one of the worst I ever heard was actually from one of the locations I purchased. The uh, owner came in one day and said, hey guys, you know, team meeting, huddle up. Uh, you know, things are tight. Studio's not doing well. We need to cut everybody's pay by like $2 an hour, what? right? So, which, which look, I business falls on tough times. I actually don't have a problem. I've had to do this before where you go, look, um, I think a lesson I had learned, uh, it was during, um, a shipping company during the recession, they had to cut, uh, payroll. Right. And so it, you know, typically you'd go into layoffs and everything, but instead of going into layoffs, they went, all right, here's the deal. Everybody in the company has to take a month off, right? So, including the CEOs, everybody across the board. If we do that, we don't have to fire anyone. So the messaging was, we care about our staff. 
we don't, you know, you, if you, uh, they, he made the comparison. If you have children, right. And you go through a tough time, you don't get rid of one of your kids. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. Which, it, which sounds silly, yeah, but yeah. it's, you know, if you think about it that way, which I do think, and I, and I know now you think about your staff that way. I think about my staff that way is you don't want to cut it off, but you know, Hey, you got to tighten up. So, and it was fascinating what happened instead of a morale dipping, which layoffs do morale went up production went up they, they were expecting you know a 40 percent drop i think it was only a 20 percent drop right so they actually morale and production went up higher than they were expecting and on top of that the way that it worked out is you had to take a month off but that didn't mean that everybody only had to take a month off so what people started doing was trading time right so someone that wanted to take three months of vacation could take someone else's time and allow them to work. So there was a lot of trading that went on where the people that needed to work and needed to be there could. Everyone became happier in some and, way. Yeah, yeah right. but yeah. but I mean, just think of the optics on that, right? Completely, I love the fact, different. you know, it was like we had a uh, surge on uh, who had talked about how when he had to tell his customers, uh, I believe it was about a studio that fell through or something like that. And instead of just like calling them, they had a big kind of like party and gathering, right? It's like, it's all about the optics, right? It was like, look, we care about you enough to bring you out, to feed you, and to tell you this in person. And it's amazing how that just like changes you, the whole perspective. You remember, right? you were, you were, the first story was about, so the, um, the boss comes in, the boss comes in and tells everybody they need to take a $2. Oh, yes, 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 sorry. I, so. Going now to the to the way that it doesn't work. Comes in, he says, everybody needs to take a $2 pay cut, right? And, uh, you know, what are you going to say, right? It's like, okay, well, in order to keep the studio open, we all want to have jobs and you rally. And then the next week comes in driving a new Acura SUV. <laughs> like, I mean, nice. just could you, um, I like, like I hear, and you hear stuff like that a lot though. Uh, Not maybe to that extent. So, bl- and here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe he got a bunch of money from a family or member. Zero just money at, down, some ridiculous, or some ridiculous. Yeah, but it's incongruent. But, oh, but the optics are so bad, and some and some business owners don't think of that there stuff. There was a uh, there it's was just a, like there was an owner that I um, a nightclub owner that I knew, and uh, every day he would come in and he would tell everybody how bad he was doing, how terrible everything was. Um, at one point in time, he looked at the photographer and said. Why are you charging us $180 for like six hours, right? I can do that. I have a phone. I'm like just cutting people down left and right. And then uh, one day somebody came in and said that they were happened to be driving by his house and the garage door was up and there was like a Aston Martin in, in, the, oh. in the car while he was telling everyone that he had, um, he had to sell all his cars. He's in there buying new Aston Martins. Dude. With like the dealer tag, like the you want to kill morale right? in your business comes back fast, and, and then everyone starts like tell him like, "Hey, I want my money back. Mm-hmm. I want this and that." And at that point, he just couldn't like keep it together anymore. So it's it's yeah, it's bad. It, some some get away with it for a while, but eventually, I think now the guy used to own like ten carpet stores, and now is just stuck to one carpet store in DC. And you can't. Like, I mean, his it, name is like yeah. yeah. I mean. Eventually, it comes around back to you, no matter what. That's crazy. That yeah. is wild. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you hear those horror stories all the time. Again, if, if you tighten up and it's like, if it's legit, right? Like, I, again, I've had situations where we've been expanding, you had to tighten up. And, you know, I'll let people know, hey, look, I'm, I'm not getting paid. 
You know, I've, I've had situations where the front desk staff are making more than I am. And it's because if the business is not doing well, that means I'm not doing well. And I don't do well until the business does well, but everybody else gets taken care of first. And I think that's uh, an important message to have with your staff from the beginning. But let, uh, so getting back. So we've uh, uh, gone all the way through. So now this brings me into, you said you, at the time, you like to learn lessons the hard way. It seems like there's been a shift, though, where you've started to learn to take advice, which I think is a critical piece for an entrepreneur. Is that kind of what you feel like turned the business around, or was it something else? Well, I think that got me back to a centered place and on the right track. Uh, what what helped Financially, what really changed the business was just learning a new sales and marketing process. That really was it. I wish it was something else, but... Putting in processes makes a big difference. Yeah, so we started uh, a new sales process a little over two years ago, and that was a that was a big game changer. Like our revenue tripled, right? And it's it's sustained that for the most part. Um, but more money coming in makes everything easier. It, it allows you more options, right? So to pay people in different ways, to give them different roles, to expand. So that was what 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 helped us take off. But what, what changed it was definitely the perception around how to treat people, customers and employees, you know? What did you, and you, I mean, you put in, you put in a lot of things though to make sure that that happened, right? Like a lot of, you, like a lot of different systems in order to, you know, like, I'm like, what are some of the things that you did differently from before where oh, you stepped like away? Here's a good example. Yeah. Um, making sure that your clients are showing up. We're in the behavior change business, typically, unless it's like yours is more one-on-one -on -one driven, so they have that, oh, crap, I gotta show up because Jerry's waiting for me, kind of, you know, that, that helps. I mean, uh, people are people regardless, but with like our business model, it's more group, right? So it's easy for people to slip through the cracks. When it, when it was uh, myself and the guy that worked for me and then the lady that started her own thing, you know, we were so tight with the relationship. It was only 150 some people. It's easy to, to maintain that, that stickiness, you know, where people feel the positive obligation to keep showing up. It's good for them. It's good for, for the business too, you know. Um, I, I neglected, I took that for granted, right? That's a huge thing in the group fitness space is if, if you don't have some type of focus or process around making sure people show up, naturally, what's the next thing they're going to do? Quit. Quit. They're not getting results, so you're not doing your job anyway, which come back to the ownership piece of it, right? But, like, we do that now. Every single week we call people that don't show up, and we've been in, in a habit of that for two, three years now because that is that is where it starts, you know? And other things like, like recognition of members. We do a member of the month feature. Like, those uh, intangibles, I think that's the best way to put it, is those are so important, you know? Not everyone's going to get results. It's fitness. There's no way to guarantee 100% of the people walking in your door are going to get results. People are up against themselves every time they walk out of the door. But if you can do all those other things to at least help people feel like a better version of themselves or aspire to it, then you're doing a better job. And, there's, and by putting in simple things and being consistent with them, it makes all the difference. I, I, you're, you're, uh, I, I call it plugging all the holes, right? So, or I've heard... A leaky bucket? Yeah, yeah. Not spilling the wine. I've heard it said, you know, multiple different ways. But I think, you know, for anyone listening, I think if you look at your business that way where you have this flow of clients coming in, 
or revenue or whatever, you know, whatever your business model is, you have to look at all the different areas where it's spilling out. And then you, as you work, we talk, you know, I talk about working on a business versus working in the business. If you're working in the business, you're just dealing with that flow, right? You're just guiding it along. Working on the business, though, is looking at, all right, where is that flow breaking down and where is it going off? And then trying to plug and fill those holes. That actually corrects the business to keep more of that Correct. more of that flow in the bucket for a longer period of time. And obviously, you, you know, there are certain things you can't change, but I always go, you know, control the things you can control. And, you know, then you know that, you know, people move and people are gonna quit and things are gonna change, but have it be something that's not related to you. That's always Correct. A, a, a big thing, right? I mean, also be willing to learn. I mean, Things change. Um, what got you to the point where you're like, okay, uh, I'm assuming the new thing that you went after, right, to like increase the revenue, uh, triple in revenue. I'm assuming it was like social ads, online marketing, right? So, did you have any experience before that? And then, what made you decide, okay, I'm just gonna like open this laptop right now and just throw money into it? And like, what, where, where were you on that? Because I feel like even in that scenario, that's a brand new thing. I'm assuming. Right. So like I, I kind of I'm interested into um, what you thought about that process, like how you did you did you now learn new things um, that you had just previously failed? Because that's its own business. It's a completely separate like, you know, entity. Yeah, yeah, you're you're now what you're now doing um, is you have to learn. You're like literally learning something that other people are doing professionally all the time. Right. And um, it comes it's pretty daunting if you have like no idea how to do it and you kind of have to throw money into it at first to learn how what you're doing wrong right and no one is going to sit there and honestly tell you like no do this or do that because the only person that would do that is somebody that you're paying to do it for you correct right why would they sit there and tell you their recipe just for you to like run away with it and just not do it with them you know what i mean so like Tell me more about that. What what got you like deciding? Did you see a competitor's doing? What got you going into that? And then like come kind of give me the um, the deal with that. Well, I started using Facebook ads to drive leads hmm. for when I started shifting more towards the. Did you see training. other competitors doing it? You're like, oh, I got it. I they're I got spending the money too. So okay. so you probably know this from your Facebook news feed. If you are listed as a personal trainer or a gym owner, you are hammered now with gurus out there trying to sell you on how to sign up more clients. Common guru. <laughs> and and I you've, was, if you worked with a bunch of I've them worked too. with, I've hired three of them. And, oh no, probably four or five of them. Um, the first one was good, but he had lim his limitations. That's what first got me into digital marketing, Facebook ads. So that's what helped me learn how to drive the, Facebook, the, drive the personal si training side of the business, right? But then costs went up, and I got kind of scared of spending money, and things were falling apart. It was just, it just, I stopped doing it. Is really what happened. But when I came back to it, and things really took off again, I, I hired another guy. He taught me a new process, all paid, traffic driven, and that just changed how I looked at everything. He was more, way more savvy and technical around the full spectrum of, if we're spending money on ads, how are we measuring what actually happens, and what's the lifetime value of that, right? So that's that's where like that's not doing it the hard way. Yes, and that worked much better, I would imagine. Yes, <laughs> it's it's definitely a, a mind game because you're spending. I'll tell you guys, I don't care, six to yeah. ten thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads to drive new business. 
If, if you don't have the pieces in place to get people to show up, to get them to enroll, to get them reasons to stay, you're just burning money. And that's that's scary for a lot of trainers. That's why most trainers don't move to the gym, why most gym owners fail. You know, they, they It's a lot of money. Of- I mean, it's a lot of money at the end of the day. Um, you got to commit to your process for yeah, sure. Yeah. That has to be nailed down first before you even get to it. And then you have to like, it's, uh, I mean, I find it fascinating because you're basically rolling the dice on something you don't necessarily 100% understand. But you kind of look around and you know, well, it worked here, it worked there. Right. I mean, I'm in that position a lot is explaining that to clients, right? It's hard. Explaining the potential for it, like the difference between just... Uh, initial sales off of our conversions versus like lifetime value conversions. Um, you know, so I you deal with it a lot and it fluctuates and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's one thing to look at like a professional and be like, well, you've done it for this and that. Like you can explain it to me versus like doing it yourself. Like I couldn't imagine, I don't think like Lance, for anyone that doesn't know, Lance doesn't really get into that piece of it, but I, it would be absolutely like like fascinating for me to, to sit there in front of a computer and watch him do it one day. Like that would. Be, I don't. I don't know if you're going to catch me. Uh, yeah. For, but, for for anyone, all but honest that's, clients, but that's I always like, let our clients know. I'm yeah, like, that, don't worry. That, I am not going to be touching any of the ads. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I know is, my strengths. I stay in my lane. It's it's but it's daunting, right? So I it I, is. I find it like um you know commendable, really like interesting that you went and like kind of did it yourself. I think that's like, um, that's a big deal, right? Thank like, you, yeah. So, cause like you can then, now you're starting to really understand like a lot, like every process of the business, right? And it gives you more insight as to like, you spent this money this month and you see these clients coming in. It's like not only just from what you did uh, to bring them in, but then like the whole process that you built. So you have kind of control of your entire business, which is very, it's, it's very interesting. Puts in the driver's seat. And yeah. I think it was Mark Cuban that said, uh, sales cures is, I think it was Cuban that said sales cures all or something. Sounds like something he would say. Yeah, which, I, is, which is true. When the business is falling apart, the, one of the best things you can do is definitely fix the problems for sure, but also make sure that new businesses continue to come in. Right. You know, or else it's just everyone goes negative. Yeah, and if you lose a uh, another personal trainer that takes some clients that doesn't hurt as much because you know around the, the corner. confidence that they don't know how to figure yeah. it out, right? right. <laughs> Good you, you're luck. gonna take that Go person, yeah, you'll take that person's salary and put it into new ads and then that will just generate what they took, right? So yeah, it definitely, it's a definitely game changer uh, for a lot of businesses. Um, a lot of people think these days that, you know, oh, everyone's doing it or whatever. And I think it's really starting to hit more with like small businesses a lot that it is sustainable and it does grow if you have the right circumstance. Right strategy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cause you have like, there's accounts out there, you know, some big boy accounts are dropping a million dollars a month on ads. <laughs> like that's, you know, and anywhere that someone is dropping a million dollars in money for like an actual re- good return, right. Is somewhere you have to like consider putting in. It might cost 6,000. It might be a lot, but. Um, well, I think the I think the important part is when, right? Yeah, and I, for and sure. I, and I think it's so once the you know if we go back to kind of the bucket analogy, once the bucket is built, and you know that the bucket is pretty secure to where someone come, you know, if you get a lead, you can handle it and you can handle a lot of them, which right. you do. There, you have to have processes in place in order to do that. Once the bucket is built, that's when you then focus on your marketing. And you dump into that, right? Because then you know you can handle it. So I, I've always looked at it that way. Build the bucket first, 
get that secure. Even if you don't have a bunch of people going through it, get it built. Then once you know that's in place, you go and you can pour all your all the money you want into the marketing and you know it's going to, you know, well, hopefully you know it's going to pay off. But even with that, a lot of, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they think that the marketing in itself is the answer, right? But you have, you have to, you have to contribute to the market. You have to put out good content. You have to, I mean, it's a, and you also have to know, I mean, you have to have some sort of like understanding of what's going on or rely on people that do. Um, um, I was talking to, um, my brother the other day and, uh, we had to kind of like push a client away because the individual asks if they can buy just one SEO. Right. And off the bat, if you don't, if you're asking, How do you for, buy an SEO? I need can to I buy, buy one just, just one here, um, one SEO. that tells me everything I need to know about that individual asking that question. Right. So the education process. Yeah. On like that. educate yourself. It's, what it's daunting though to start in. So, so what got you started on the marketing piece? It was through the coaches that you had hired. Mm-hmm. And then now though, that is spun off. You actually kind of run uh, what a side, what do you call a side hustle or? Yeah, it's definitely not a sustainable business. Yet. Sure, but, but you, uh, you do a. It's all, it's all driven around what's your CPA? What's your cost per acquisition, right? Which goes back to the, the gym game. It's just a game, you know? So what's it gonna cost me to get this customer in once I have a process down and I know this percentage of people are gonna give me their information of those people, this percentage are gonna book an appointment of those this percentage are gonna show up and of those, this percentage mm-hmm. are gonna actually purchase. Like I know 10% of our leads are gonna invest on average in something that we're offering through Facebook ads and it's gonna cost me anywhere, right now, anywhere between 300 to $400 to acquire someone as a customer, you know? Like that's so powerful, but that's also after repetition of repetition of repetition of repetition. Which sounds like a lot, but if they're generating you three to 4,000, that's a 10X return. If they the year, it's oh, yeah. keep oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's it. I mean, it's like one of the most important questions they ask on a show, like Shark Tank or whatever. What's your customer acquisition cost, mm-hmm. right? That's why you want to know what it takes to get a body. In yeah, the door. and if your answer is it's three hundred dollars, a lot of them be like, mm, but it's like, but but the customer is going to generate paying, a right, and it's four, like, oh, five, okay, yeah, that's ten percent. That's actually sense. fantastic. Right. What? Uh, so now, pivoting a little bit. Uh, what are you? What are your? What is your kind of focus now? I know you're focused still, obviously, on action fitness you have going on, but now you've also spun off into uh, the world, wild world of e-commerce, the wild west of e-commerce, the wild west of e-commerce. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's there's some bad days. Tell me, so tell us a little bit about that and Oof. how 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 that's going. to you, is that kind of the direction you see your entrepreneurial game going, or is it? little bit of both when it dipping your toe in the water i'm gonna at least get my money back out of it and then i'll probably decide then but uh it's not as it's definitely not as fulfilling here's the interesting thing is it's it's just me running it i've got some you know part-time guys just contractors right to do fulfillment and stuff but it's not as fulfilling like it's fun like it's you know the good days are awesome when you make thousands so so what are we talking about exactly like drop shipping drop shipping so can you explain what drop shipping is great question so drop shipping is basically i advertise products through the same skill set that i use for the gym on facebook ads to a shopify store where i source them through overseas or somewhere us based i don't touch inventory so my actual cost is cost per unit and shipping plus advertising and now it's so competitive that your CPA is everything. If your cost to acquire a sale on a physical product and you're losing money, you don't have that back-end monthly membership like a gym has. It's a one-time, it's gotta it's be a in one and out. one and done, typically. 
right? Unless you get him as a repeat customer down the line, but that's less predictable. So it's it's a game. It's fun. It's I mean, but it's just so you say it's, so you say it's not as re- not as fulfilling. Not as fulfilling for sure. Just because. Well, because you're probably not changing just, somebody's life, right? Yeah. You're just dropping from it. a simple shipment of something. But what, what kind of things are you shipping and selling? Right now, we're selling like Santa products and stuff, like last seasonal stuff, kids' toys. Right. Um, but but to talk touch more on what you're saying around like the fulfillment piece of it, I actually find the most joy when I figure a thing out because it's all about just kind of like working the algorithm, finding finding patterns and trends and what you're selling and, and how Facebook ads are responding. But when I find something that works and I have a Facebook group of dropshippers and I share that with them and I see them like going back to that fitness fulfillment piece of it, like that actually brings me more joy. That's know? why. Yeah. And that's one thing that I did want to talk about is I like the fact that, you know, I'd say, I wouldn't say a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't know what the percentage is or anything, but there are certain entrepreneurs when you ask them about their business or what they do, they're very guarded, right? They're like, oh no, my, my secret's in my vault. I can't tell you or else, you're, the worst or else you're take all my secret sauce, right? And then there are some entrepreneurs where it's like, look, man, I know at the end of the day, I could tell you everything to do right and you're either going to do it or not do it, but knowing it makes no difference, yeah. right? Yep. Which I think is fascinating and I, is the approach that you've taken and actually has rubbed off on me as well is just share the information, right? Someone wants to know I, something I about your business. I definitely want to take a crack at it, take a couple swings. Yeah. But oh, yeah, but like you, you could sit there and tell me, I mean, there's there's definitely the ability to uh, bring different, like you have to be open to like hearing other perspectives because I might know something that you might not know Correct. versus, and then you might be like, oh, wow, like, you know what I mean? So I, I think, yeah. I but mean, it's cool that that's where you're getting the satisfaction from is sharing what you found. Yeah, and going, it lights me up. What's that? It lights me up. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, Well, it it kind of drives, again, goes back into the why, which I've been talking about. So your why is kind of more centered around, not just around driving the product, but also, but helping other people. Show other people it's possible. Showing them. Which is the the foundation for me starting my own business years ago. Showing other people you could do it. So does this mean we're going to see the John Costo uh, e-commerce coaching course soon? I honestly, the the coaching is just, I've done a little bit, but. Like, like I, I want to run events where people show up, you actually say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to teach you. We're going to do this together, like a workshop almost. But I love traveling, so it's going to be somewhat really freaking cool, like Costa Rica or, you know. So I'm going to – my goal would be to at least pay for the, the travel. I get a free trip out of it. I get to help people and maybe make some money too. That'd be that's cool. My, that's my end game. With Very it. cool. So we that might be on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, well, interesting that – yeah, the, the – uh, Helping other people, I think, is always the you got you got to relate your business somehow into giving back or doing it somewhere else. Yeah, it's just very I feel empty. Yeah, not great. It's it's interesting because you would think you'd be like, oh man, I'm selling products because you've had days where you've you've been killing it. What's a good day in e-commerce like? The biggest day I've had, we sold twenty eight thousand dollars, and the net was about twelve percent on that. Nice. That's a good day. That's a good day. That's a there's good day. There's been bad days. Not as, <laughs> sure there's not bad as day. equally bad. But. Hey, dude, here's, here's another thing, too. You go balls to the wall with everything. I mean, you went you went on this venture to begin with. What, how far did you go in the hole on that before, before figuring yeah. it out? Pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty deep? You're not going to attach it? I'll number? tell you after the podcast. No number on that one. All right, fine, fine, fine. Deeper than you went on the credit card. It was well over 50K. Woo! 
But I mean, I, I, I just love that. I, that just like the fact that you're willing to commit that hard to I something. Know, right. The nature the of the business, you could you can make that in a week. It's it's scary how again I know 19 year olds that I've seen their their like bank and everything. It's it's legit. It's 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 not typical, but it's possible, right? Right. That's wild. But I'm saying to jump into that to that level of commitment, very few people would do. Is is my point? Same thing, you know. Very few people would rack up credit cards, and and I I think you know you talk a lot about the mindset uh, that you need for your customers, but you know we're here coaching entrepreneurs and you know the mindset that you need as an entrepreneur you know i feel like that if that doesn't embody it i don't know what does right like well what you know what's interesting it's interesting that you say that lance because if you're in front of the computer and you're looking at those numbers and like i've been there where i've seen like crazy roi or something and i've before i even talked to the client about how you know what i had to like triple check quadruple check like I, I don't even believe in myself. I'm just sitting there. I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, there's no way that it's doing 12X. It's just, it's impossible. And I can't go and look like a loony clown to this client and, and tell him, yo, it's crushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, before like you've triple checked it, right? Like, um, but when you're in front of it, then it's like, okay, well now we're, it's basically flipping money. Once you have that, like, once you get, you nail it. And that's it's the weird, moment man. when you nail it, you're just like, it's euphoria, right? Like you're just like, okay, I, there's a system here where you put in a dollar and 12 bucks comes out. It's like a, it's magic. It's like a bad right? day. You're gambling a good day. Yeah, you won the lottery, right? right? It's, it's magic. And you're like, uh, uh and you know, at, then at that moment, you're like, well, I, I know now that I've tested everything. I could put in 50K and it might not, but eventually I'm going to see that money come back, right? So it's once you're in it and you're doing it, then it's a lot more like, oh, yeah, that's totally. But like if you're outside of it, like some clients and stuff, it's like, you want me to do what now? Like, no, 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 please. Most just, people, I'm telling you. That's true. Yeah, and, and it's just a natural We've been, thing. even had some clients not believe the numbers. Dude, I've... They're I've, like, that's not possible. There was... No, no. There was an uh, event I did for... Um, that we were, we were doing for, you know, marketing, whatever. And um, there was a time where it was it was generating so much revenue from these ads, right? Like, it worked. You know, you're siphoning. You're doing everything. And eventually, it was like a 20, 30x ROI. And every single dollar was coming in was a ticket sold. Wow. Right. And they never, they saw the number, like the tickets increasing. Um, and I'm seeing it. Right. I'm like, yeah. And they're just like, they're looking everywhere, asking my everything, anywhere to shove as much. I'm just like, Hey guys, floodgates have opened. You need to put as much cash <laughs> into this. And then next thing you know, they were expect, they wanted an event for 2,500 people. They were going to be super happy with 4,000 people and 8,000 showed up. Right. So it like, it, it was a complete, it was a game changer, right? And and it, it's just so funny because if you're not, in that scenario, you're seeing the tickets selling and you know, it's like, oh, we just did a radio ad and it did like 50 tickets and this is generating like 100 a day, right? Like, but if you're not in it, then it's hard to justify it. Like it, it most certainly, if, some, if somebody came out of the street and went to your business, Lance was like, hey, you give me you know, a thousand bucks right now, and I'll go in the car and come back with ten thousand. You'd be like, get the, get out of my store, call the police, right? But like, that's basically what it is. I mean, if it's done right, and if you, and if you, and if you, nail it's it. hard, man, because that, doesn't that work is every the time. key there at the end as well. I, I get, uh, still to this day, I get, I would say five messages a week 
for people that are going to fix my website and generate me leads, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously not knowing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I own my own digital agency. But, um, I mean, it's, I go, all right, how right, many of right. those are actually doing what they're supposed to be they're doing? Boosting and, posts. Yeah, are they boosting <laughs> posts. Are they, you know what I mean? Doing all this stuff. You know, they may be doing something, but is it effective? Uh, you know, I think it's really easy to get swindled. And then here, then the problem is, and this happens a lot, if you don't take the time to find someone who's credible, right? Or, or you want to save money, a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, what it might, I've heard of the expression said, you know, it's expensive to hire a professional, but just wait till you hire someone who isn't <laughs> right. You know, uh, it's kind of one of those things where, oh yeah, I, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend money for the agency that was going to cost me two grand a month for my business. So I went with the guy that's going to charge me 500 bucks and oh, well now I know that it doesn't work. Right. It's, it's like shoot though, man, because sometimes that guy is good. He just doesn't true. realize how good it's he true. is. It's true. That, I mean, it, you're always going to get that diamond in the rough, but know. like you never the chances, know. The chances and and you can pay a lot and not have and him do that. Nothing. And They're get, like, what do you mean crushed. we increase your reach by a thousand percent? Right. It's very true. It's very true. It, it's, it's the nature of the, the digital but advertising. But that's why it comes back down to, knowing what you're getting yourself into right like either trust fully trusting who's running it or knowing yourself and learning yourself so that at bare minimum you don't get swindled and you have somebody that's competent maybe adding their own like spices to it to increase it but you should know what's going on you should be open to listening to what is actually happening um because i mean i've been there before where i'm trying to explain what we're doing and it's like no, no just 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 do it like it's like, like, no, I need, you know, I want to tell you what's up way. because you need to like, we, I need to be hearing from you, like from the front end, like you're looking at these customers, you're like, we need constant communication. It's not, okay, well you sold me on this big retainer now, now just figure it out and make sure that I make my money back. It's like, no, no, no. I need to talk to you every day. Right. Like. Just yep. being open to that and just understanding it, and that's what you kind of did you by just doing a coach. It yourself. You right? become a coach if you choose to go the like the agency route, working doing it as a service. You basically turn into a business coach to some extent, because if their processes are not in place, yeah, you have to. They have to know what you're your wasting their is money. Like. You're the yeah. bad guy. Yeah, if if you ever hire anybody that doesn't understand your business, um, they're they're it's never going to succeed. They have to understand what it is to be a, uh, a gym. They have to understand what it is to be a meal prep company. They have to yep. understand what it like. They have to dig in. They have to see the operations in order to understand how that, like, in order to bring the, that customer base, um, right? So, well, that'd be a good thing that you would have some insight into, John. Is you know a very important piece is being able to find good third party information right and i i i put it you know varying ways right like you know sometimes it's obvious but sometimes it's not right like you know uh, i would say you don't get uh dental advice from someone missing teeth uh you know don't take financial advice from a homeless person right uh, that kind of thing yeah. but not not it goes further than that right like Sometimes people can kind of disguise it where they sound like they know what they're talking about. You've worked with a bunch of different coaches. Is there anything that if you were going to hire someone to recommend, if someone was going to go try and find someone to help them on their business, what would you look for or say to look for at this point? Either a direct reference from someone I trust very dearly or someone that has delivered value up front before they've asked me for a dime. Okay. 
I think that's the best way to go. If, if they've shared some information with you through a video or you saw them speak and you applied it and it actually got you a measurable result, I would then at least have a conversation with the person if I believe they could help me with whatever it is. Or if someone was like, hey, you see my results or hey, I'm close friends with this guy, he could help you with this. Referral would, or test run. I like that. I like that. And I wouldn't even call it a test run. Like just prior engagement, you know, of any type of service, if they've been able to say, hey, try this with your sales process or they did a video on it and you used it and it worked, then that would be kind of a, a green light too. Just, but now, you went through a lot of this coaching. A, a question I have is, because you've, you've worked with, you said three different coaches? Five total. Five total. Uh, is that, in hindsight, is that the same way you would have done it or would you have gone about it differently? But, and we're saying coaches, what are we talking about? Exactly? Like consultants, okay. right? This guy owns the gym. He's been doing it for X amount of years. Here's what he's good at. Gurus. Yeah, you call them gurus. Um, ask question again. I'm, I'm curious. So, so I've never. If I would do it again. If you would do it that way again. Because I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I would say I'm anti-guru, but may, like I probably fall on that side of the fence where I'm like, man, like where, where is this guy getting his information? He probably read a book yeah, or he yeah. ran, wrote, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, he's not the second coming or anything. He's not, you know, he's not a superhuman, even so, though they advertise him that so way. He, so wait, uh, like personal training studios are hiring coach. Every, gurus? I would say every field, every, every niche in industry. Yeah. You'll okay, have, okay. yeah. So you'll More have, so fitness is there's, it's so easy. It's such an easy, not easy. So it's but, a consultant. Yeah. It's a consultant. Yeah. Someone that comes in that could, they'll do a lot of basic stuff. I think like give you a sales, which can be very helpful for a lot of people that don't have any systems in place. Give you right. a sales process, attorney marketing, chiropractic marketing. The, oh yeah. There's just masterminds, coaching programs galore, you know? Yeah. So, so the answer to your question, are we talking to the 25 year old version of me? Or are we talking to, if I were to do it today with who I am starting uh, over? Oh, that's a good question. If knowing, let's go with knowing what you know now, would you tell 25 year old version of you, would you have gone, is that the way to go? It is, but you have to, it changes it because then I responded to different things. I was more susceptible to the fancy car images and stuff like that. So I chose, sometimes I chose the wrong people. But if you find, if you know what to look for and the person saying I can help you and, and there's the references and stuff, you know, then absolutely. It could shortcut your success. If I didn't hire that guy to help me two and a half years ago, I guarantee you we wouldn't have changed like we did financially. You know? Not, so not not just following the guy that's got the five Lamborghinis out front of his house. <laughs> well, it's funny because with e-commerce, I actually uh, signed up for one of their programs. It wasn't like anything outrageous, but and that's the type of marketing he uses because his average clientele is like that. But he actually knew what he was talking about. But he uses that as a smart. It's kind of interesting because he's legit, but he uses the like hyped up Lamborghinis to, to market himself. Makes it's sense. Good. I mean, it, it's got it a McLaren now. It's freaking awesome. There you go. There you go. McLarens are beautiful. Golly. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, there's something about me that I just, I can't get there. But anyways, I was just curious if, if that's the same path you would have gone or you would have recommended getting so You could be the anti-guru guru. The anti-guru guru. But <laughs> well, your authenticity will bring people that, right. that, they have high bullshit meters. They're going to be the ones that are attracted to you. Right. Because you're not preaching Lamborghinis and 
bullshit. You know? <laughs> I guess it's just like I, I just feel like there's the the messaging starts off just so wrong, right? If your focus is the Lamborghini, the money, you're 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 already going into it just from that ad, right? It's almost like setting you up for failure is what drives me insane, right? Because it's like if you're thinking about that, yeah, you're you're way off. But I think it also depends on the person. You know, I think we we are fortunate enough to live in a somewhat of a bubble where things are good here. All right, you you put that message in front of some parts of the country where they'd have nothing. They need to provide for the family, and they maybe want to ha- have an impact on the world with that too. But then, and and have a car. So I'm, you know, what I'm saying like, sure, yeah. You know, I guess I I don't really. I think our perspective is different, right? I think I think it's it doesn't it doesn't speak to us as much, maybe. You know. That's fr- I mean, obviously it's working, so I can't I can't knock too hard, as as Mizi would say, you can't knock the hustle. But anyway, it. it drives me. Drives I mean, me yeah, it, are we talking about like so this? Well, it makes sense in that respect because if it's a like sh- drop shipping guru, the whole idea there is that you're making so much money, right? That like there is not really like that in that in that sense, it's like okay, look, I did it. Here's a Lamborghini to prove it. So you should follow my advice, right? Like, I don't know personally if I'm ju- if I'm jump- jumping into e-commerce and uh, drop shipping, I'm gonna follow the guy rolling up in a Honda Civic, right? Uh, it, there right? is something. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're supposed to be showing me how to get a 20x RI on this, right? Which means that at some point in time, you had a thousand bucks, you could have turned a 20 easily by yourself a new car. <laughs> so. How yeah, are you hey, about to yeah, tell me now? Yeah, fair enough, right? Fair enough. So, like, I think it's just the niche. I think it. And that's I guess it. I guess part. it's just when you get on the other side, for the most part, you see the people that chase that stuff are the ones that don't have the. Money. I mean, let's be right. let's hundred <laughs> percent. Let's be honest, though. No one's Some getting, do. Some are like you're like okay, but you, it's not sexy to sell got, like team building. No one is jumping. Yeah, yeah, no one yeah. is jumping into drop shipping to change the world, right? They're jumping in it to make a lot of money very quickly. Right, that is like. But even th- that's my that's my point. But even that messaging out of the gate, right? Because it's a long process. Any, I don't care what you're in. But you can make quick. You money, can which make is the crazy quick money. Part with it. But you still, it still is. You got to work at it. I get, again. I yeah. just, I think it sends the wrong message. Here's, but. here's a here's another example. Personal trainer could be looked at as a guru, right? If that if said personal trainer, great at getting results, markets to obese people, pictures of. Men and women with washboard abs. Is it possible they can get those abs? Is it realistic? Is it going to be harder, right? Versus the person that's at 20% body fat. But you could kind of, it's kind of like the same thing. They're selling that, they're selling the Ferrari, the abs, right? So I guess that's another way to, to look at it. I guess but I'm not just, every I trainer. I guess I'm just like a hyper realist. I'm like, I'm like, look, you're never going to look like that. But look at this other person that you can look like who lost 100 pounds. You're not going to have abs ever. But they might do the right surgeries with it. Yeah, I guess uh, without like some craziness. I don't oh, know. Man, you've seen some crazy I guess, things. I guess you you've have seen to. some people that are genetically built, like just their body structure, their muscle structure, and they lose that 150 pounds. They're pretty freaking. That's true. It, it's not. It's not typical, right? Yeah. But here's the thing: all those weight loss pills are using those same ads as the trainer. That's legit. I think that's a good. That way to that does happen a lot, and that's where it starts to get. Blurry. That's where the bullshit where meter increases because it's it needs to be. You know? Yeah, that's that. That's a good point. That's where it starts to get blurry, is because the bullshit advertises itself the same way as some of the legitimate stuff. So who do stuff. you trust? Yeah, goes back to in my opinion, 
people that are close that you can you would rely on heavily or you know results right i'm going to start advertising my house and my cars now <laughs> this is going to be our this is going to be our launch video no i'm kidding um, <laughs> well awesome uh so john um we uh are kind of coming to the end here but i want to uh get your thoughts for uh, our entrepreneurs that are listening what is i know we covered a lot of ground here a lot of good advice but from you in your opinion what is one piece of advice or even a few if you want to go uh go off um what <laughs> what piece go of gary v here that's right go gary v on people um Mizi loves gary v by the way oh, man <laughs> Um, that's say, a whole another. I say that very we sarcastically. Entire, we could we have an entire. Have at some point, we're gonna have an entire episode just us the talking about. meet on Gary V. <laughs> and my I year. love Gary V. He does it. That's okay. Yeah, we, 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 we'll get to that. But yeah. getting back, guy. what one piece of advice or a few pieces of advice you'd give to an entrepreneur listening? Master sales and marketing, regardless of what you do, or if if like you're the technical guy. You're, you know, you need to understand it at least enough. Like we were talking earlier with the digital side, you should at least be competent with it mm -hmm. and know what does work and, and have someone there that can work it with you. Mm -hmm. That's a first thing, but that's not everything, you know, like, cause obviously you need backend processes. You need to make sure people don't, when you, when you sign up a bunch of people for whatever it is that you do, that they don't want their money back the next day. Right. Um, but ultimately what I believe every business owner, need, regardless of their level of success or whether they're just starting out or wanting to start out is that you have to master your emotions because your emotions are gonna be the thing that dictates your behavior and your behavior dictates your results regardless of what you're trying to do. Hands down. Emotional mastery, the, like the self-development, personal development world is very woo-woo and talk about a lot of scammy gurus, you know, but if you find someone good to follow that preaches a good message around taking ownership of things in your life and not letting, finding ways to, to understand yourself enough where things don't, impact your emotions, which, which makes you, causes you to make bad decisions. I think that's the biggest thing you do for yourself, whether you choose to start a business or not. Is there a place that you recommend to go for uh, working on your emotional mastery? What, if, what did you feel like you did to get that? Well, like, I, I mean, there's tons of books I could recommend. Uh, you know, as far as I believe, I learned best from being in an environment with other people. Um, Tony Robbins was a cool experience. I've, a lot of hype behind it. It's, it, it's part of the selling of it, right? A lot of uh, bullshit. No. <laughs> I've done oh, work yeah, he's with another guy <laughs> that was insane. smaller events. Um, his name is Michael Burnoff, if you want to look him up. Uh, he does smaller seminars, kind of like Tony without all the hype. He's just as good. He kind of looks like Tony and talks like him, which is funny. Um, but something uh, more, a little more cost-effective that you're going to find in any city, it's called Landmark Forum. A lot of negative things about it, but if you go into it, like just looking for a positive way to improve your life, you'll find something good for yourself. So I mean, if you are the business, um, focusing on yourself is essentially focusing on the business. That's how you show up, right? It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, John, for coming in Absolutely. today and uh, being on The Honest Entrepreneur with us. Uh, it's been definitely a pleasure speaking with you about Action Fitness. Uh, so where can the audience uh, learn more about action and what you guys have going on there action fitness inc inc.com short for incorporated or you just reach out to me on facebook to john casto j-o-h-n-c-a-s-t-o beautiful beautiful right. well awesome uh we're your hosts lance and Meezy. you guys can uh follow us and find more information at honestagency.com 
Uh, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on your favorite forum, and we will speak to you on our next episode. Adios. Later. Later.